Blog Talk Radio. Today is Monday, March the 2nd, 2015. As always, I'm your host, John Hansen. And as we do each and every Monday at this same time over the same virtual airwaves of the Blog Talk Radio Network through our studios in New York City, we bring to you Buyers Meeting Point's Kelly Barner and another great weekly update from the world of procurement. Now, included in talking about the events and the news that are shaping our world, Kelly, of course, shares with us audio excerpts of webinars and other such notable events uh, from the previous week that she believes you'll find very interesting. Now, I may be a bit biased here, but this week she chose to share with you an excerpt of my interview with Deems CEO Patrick Grady, and it was a very, very interesting interview. So I think you'll probably enjoy that as well. So without further delay, let's welcome back to the show, Kelly Barner. Thank you, John. This is the Buyer's Meeting Point weekly update for March 2nd through the 6th, 2015. This week's best events include those from Supply and Demand Chain Executive, Gartner, and Advanced Purchasing Dynamics. The first two events I'll recommend this week address different angles on analytics. The Supply and Demand Chain Exec event is being presented with Entercoms on analytics-driven planning and aftermarket services today and tomorrow on Wednesday. I'll admit that when I first read this description, I was trying to figure out how services could be sold aftermarket, but after a little more reading, I realized that Entercoms provides supply chain services to aftermarket parts and service providers. That's one mystery solved, at least. Then on Thursday, both at 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. Eastern, Gartner will present a webinar on how to use predictive analytics to help you capitalize on business moments. This is the event that I've registered for this week, partly because predictive analytics is important, but also because I like the idea of business moments. They've promised to describe the concept further in the webinar, but since predictive analytics is all about extending known data and trends to guide future behavior, I'm guessing business moments is another way of bringing time into the analytical process. I will look forward to sharing what I learn on an upcoming Buyer's Meeting Point set of webinar notes. Last but not least, on Friday, Advanced Purchasing Dynamics is presenting a webinar on four critical sourcing elements that make market leaders successful. The central idea of the topic is to be able to define a best cost position for the product or service being purchased. Based on APD's research, companies that negotiate low prices and keep them low do four things. They set targets based on external market-based data rather than internal benchmarks. They tailor cost reduction efforts to their strategy. They get their metrics right. And finally, they focus on the seams of the organization, not just individual units. Check the Buyer's Meeting Point events calendar for the scheduling and registration links for these events as well as those coming up. Next week, the Sourcing Interest Group Annual Global Summit is taking place in Florida, and we have events listed on the digital supply chain and forecasting as well as John's rescheduled conversation with ThomasNet and some of their 2015 30 Under 30 Rising Supply Chain Stars. 
In this week's guest audio, I'm going to share a brief excerpt from John's recent conversation with Dean CEO Patrick Grady. The entire interview is an hour long, and it covers every topic from frustration with ERP systems, the Amazon platform business model, and the three immutable laws of technology advancement, not to mention risk tolerance and entrepreneurship in the United States. I can probably give no better indication of how fascinating Grady is to listen to than to say I don't think I have ever heard John talk so little in an interview. All teasing aside, there was one idea that came out early in the conversation that sparked some additional thoughts on my part. To preface this, Grady does not have a background in procurement, as it were. He has a background in what some people might characterize as finance, but which he prefers to describe as inefficiency. Anyone who can drive inefficiency out of any system, the capital markets included, will always have a job. Grady has decided to focus on what he calls commerce as a service at Dame. Before I go any further, let's listen to this three-minute excerpt of the interview that starts with Grady taking on procurement vernacular and ends with a bigger-picture look at modern commerce. Yeah, so we have a full suite of applications. So let, let's let's go to them again. In the in the procurement vernacular, I should probably just touch on this for a moment. In, in the procurement world, as you know, it's customary to call these sellers suppliers, uh, uh, and I understand that, and I don't necessarily want to fight that fight, John, with with CPOs and VPs of indirect procurement. If they want to call them suppliers, I'm you know far be it for me to to, to tell them how to run their business. But we call them merchants, uh, and the reason we call them merchants is. You know, first of all, I wouldn't like to be called a supplier or, or a vendor. I mean, it sort of screams commodity, undifferentiated product or service. But, but more than that, we explicitly call them out as as merchants because we know that they want to be able to merchandise their products and services. That they fundamentally believe, and, and quite likely it is the case, that their product or their services is unique in some way, maybe in many ways. And we want to help exploit those unique attributes in as many ways as we can to help them acquire new customers or in more deeply engage existing customers. And so you're bringing up pricing, and, and pricing is part of it. But but there's a set of capabilities, whether it's you know helping them acquire the right demographic customer based upon identity information we may have in the network or lo geolocation information we have in the network, context information we may have on the net in the network about the buy side. We want to help them, again, acquire the right new customer at the right new time, frankly, cost-effectively, and we want to help them re-engage existing customers. And so we have a set of capabilities where a merchant, whether it's a national merchant or a local merchant, by the way, that's another uh, fairly unique thing about our network. I mean, I think only Amazon or maybe Alibaba has the breadth and diversity of the, the merchant network that, that we do. So we have obvious you know, B2B national sellers and merchants in there. We have hyper-local uh, merchants like restaurants uh, connected to our network, and, and we allow them to market and sell to enterprise customers, to mid-market customers, to small business customers, even to consumers, although there's an asterisk there that I should probably underscore. We don't market directly to consumers, John, but but we do have major partners in our network, like AAA, the, the major uh, association here in, in the U.S., about 54 million users. AAA connects to our network, and they upsell and cross-sell offers and deals from local and national merchants into their base their customer base. So so we, we can allow a merchant to target any market segment with a variety of promotions. Uh, those promotions could be standing corporate negotiated deals between a you know an airline like United and a big customer like Siemens. 
a fairly standard B2B. Um, they can run uh, opportunistic or evergreen discount offers for to acquire new small businesses because SMBs are prohibitively expensive, as we all know, to, how to, uh, to acquire them. We can help them run card-linked offers. We can help them even do something as simple and as primitive as a prepaid voucher, like a Groupon. Uh, they can be time-based exclusives. They could, in fact, be price-based. Uh, but, but going back to the real value, it's really relevance, right? It's, a, it's applying our algorithms to drive relevance so that you're perfectly matching or as close to perfectly matching as possible buyers and sellers across the network. So that is very much core to our value proposition. So here's what I heard Grady saying. It is just as important to help suppliers or merchants, depending on the label you choose, find the right customer as it is to help buying organizations connect with suppliers that offer the goods and services they want to acquire. If a technology solution is going to equally support both of these things, it needs to balance the needs of both parties. Put a different way, the solution needs to be interest neutral, so not a buyer in a supplier system and not a supplier in a buyer system. Everyone meeting up in a commerce system designed to meet the needs of both without favoring the desires of either. My question is this, if we are, in fact, at least for some categories of spend, moving to a truly collaborative business model, can we execute those agreements and transactions in a solution designed for one side or the other? And I don't pretend to know the answer to that question, but I think it represents a change in perspective that procurement professionals would be wise to consider. Here's another way of looking at this. In the interview, Grady did not talk about the needs of companies or supply chains or suppliers or procurement. He talked about the range of complexity and opportunity in today's business climate and the requirements that sets out for the solutions that presume to support it. When you reposition the mission of procurement in the context of driving out efficiency, you quickly find that procurement's needs and objectives are not all that different from the companies they buy from. Back to the idea of the user-neutral solution, helping a merchant do a better job connecting with buyers by, quote, exploiting their unique attributes, as Grady put it in the interview, improves the efficiency of the overall system and ultimately lowers their prices. If buying companies can improve their efficiency in the same vein, the speed and accuracy with which they locate suppliers, the whole exchange has been taken to a new level. This mindset may be an answer to some of the baggage and negative perception that comes with the procurement point of view. If we can be business-minded rather than procurement or sourcing or spend management-minded, we can elevate our perspective and our results. Do you ever catch yourself approaching challenges or opportunities with a pigeonholed procurement perspective? Are there any unintended downsides you have seen of doing business in a solution designed to be driven by buy-side users? Where do you deliberately seek out and try to resolve inefficiency in your system? As always, you can share your thoughts on this week's guest audio or recommended events by commenting on today's episode page or by connecting with me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or Facebook. I will be back next Monday to review upcoming procurement events and share another guest audio excerpt.